What's going on, everybody? It is your go-to MMA podcast, the Neon Belly Podcast, with your host, John and Brandon. And we got a lot of very intriguing and interesting things to talk about today. Um, UFC is uh, a whirlwind sometimes, mm-hmm. and it was on Showcase this past weekend, um, Almost, I mean, pretty much the whole weekend. And now we got to try to make sense of it all and, and bring people into back to normalcy because we got a, a regular fight night coming up. Mm-hmm. You know, we got ADCC coming up. But we're definitely going to talk to you guys about what we got going on on UFC 279 and all the news. But before we get into all of that, we get to talk to our boy Brandon, who is our resident Eagles fan. Mm-hmm. Got their first W. Close one with the Lions. They had to squeeze that out. A little clinch butt cheek there at the end. Yeah. It was, it was tough. Um, Scary. Yeah. But, I mean, hey, start off with a W. I start off with a tie. Hey, it's not a loss. Yeah. It's not a loss. No, it's not a loss, but it, it's the Texans. We were eight years in a row losing week one. Mm-hmm. And this is, I mean, this feels a little bit better, but I don't mm-hmm. know how much more. Listen, week week 13. Yeah. That's when we play, right? Yeah. We might be, we're going to be frenemies mm-hmm. on that one, so. And then two weeks later, Nate yeah, Bears. you do got. It's going to be interesting. Um, Nate's not somebody you want to like to lose to in those situations. Oh well, we'll see how it goes. One time when uh, we played them, he had Ash call me and gloat. <laughs> she probably didn't. I mean, she probably knew like a handful of the players. Maybe didn't even really watch the game. That but. almost sounds kind of worth it, though. Yeah, but I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Um, it's been a crazy week for me. I'm currently on strike. I saw at, that at my job. I drove past you guys yeah. a little bit. Yeah. So that's an interesting thing. F- you know, standing out there with a sign, kind of understand how, like, panhandlers feel. Because some people will, like, deny you eye contact. Some people will, like, read your sign and keep going. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will honk and wave and show support. One lady driving past me um, thumbed us down. Interesting. Yeah. So, um, very interesting reaction to what we had going on. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, what can you do? Not much. Not from there. No. So, well, we got... Way too much to get into, so we're going to talk about um, some big stuff, but before we get into the actual fights, we kind of have to tell people to rate and subscribe. See, I almost yeah. forgot, but I brought it back. I know, and that's something. Oh, yeah. Uh, so if you guys are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, give us a five-star review. On Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a full review. Um, we love to read those. They help us out a lot. Um, if you're on our social media, Neon Belly Podcast, um, IG, TikTok, we're putting up content, so definitely come out there and show us some love. Um, it helps us out a lot. So, getting back to what I almost jumped into, um, <laughs> before getting into the fights, we obviously got to talk about the timeline that changed everything. Yeah, this was interesting. So, Thursday, we have the press conference canceled mm-hmm. due to a, a little conflict backstage between Chemaev, Kevin Holland, and then later Nate Diaz. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like we heard that there was some issue with um, with bottles being thrown, people getting teep kicked, mm-hmm. people yelling across each other. Yep. I mean, there was one point where we didn't even know if it really happened. Right. And then there was video. So you move on from that. Friday, we find out that Hamzat misses weight by eight and a half pounds. Um, doctors, he's talking about cramping and, and struggling for the cut. Doctors come up and tell him they don't advise him to keep going, so he stops. Mm-hmm. Weighs in, misses weight, smiling on the stand, says, you know, no big deal. I don't care, basically. Flips the, off the camera. Um, fights canceled. Apparently, um, yeah, so the cops, the doctors told him that. Um, we then hear the UFC is working on a main event, keeping the main event intact with Nate Diaz. 
Um, but Diaz makes it clear he will not fight, not fight anybody above 170 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, insert a couple people stepping out. Obviously, we there's Tony Ferguson still on the card. Um, you had Dustin Poirier saying that he could make weight. He had mm-hmm. a jet on standby. He actually had it confirmed. Mm-hmm. But I don't think he was confirmed as the the first fight. But if something fell through, he was ready to go. Right. Um, we've seen like Mazaval step out saying he wanted the rematch for the BMF, all those type of things. So. Um, Next thing you know, the UFC just reshuffles the whole card. Yep. Top three fights all get reshuffled. Um, just to remind people on the card, you had Nate Diaz and Chemayev. You had Tony Ferguson and Lee. um, Leach. Mm-hmm. And then you had Kevin Holland and Daniel Rodriguez. That was the original. Right. Kevin mm-hmm. Holland, Daniel Rodriguez was at a catch weight of 180. Um, Leach and Tony was 170. And then Chemayev and Diaz was supposed to be 170. So Chemayev misses. Um so they reshuffle things. Tony Ferguson steps in for the main event against Nate Diaz, five rounds. Kevin Holland gets shuffled to the co-main for a five-round main event against Chemayev at 180. And then the leech takes the fight against Daniel Rodriguez, who ends up outweighing him, obviously, but he keeps stays on the card, mm-hmm. um, which I just got to insert real quick. Man, I feel bad for Lee, man. The dude... Got better with his English. Got mm-hmm. a real sharp shoot on. Was you know was ready to just like really make a statement, and then he just I mean good on him to you know save the card per se, but I think he kind of ends up which we're gonna talk about winners and losers later. But yeah, we'll we'll get to him. Yeah, we'll get to him in a second. So let's start with there. Like, what are your initial thoughts on how things played out for what we ended up watching um, Saturday? Okay, so thinking back to this card originally. Chamaya versus Diaz is the main event for a pay-per-view, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm a paying customer for, 75 bucks. Um, that that I was not happy about that to begin with. Right. That's kind of frustrating. This whole card seemed like it had been thrown together from jump. It just seemed like they were kind of scrambling to get it together for whatever reason. And then for Friday night, for it to all kind of, you know, take a tailspin like it did, it just kind of added on to the frustration. So then they end up reshuffling the whole thing. And I, I mean, I guess on some level, I don't know that they could have done it any better. You know, I, I can't, it's mm-hmm. hard for me to envision a way where that worked out better than what it did. But I just, even looking back on the card itself, how it went, I, I, it just seemed like there wasn't, I don't know how else to put it. It didn't seem like the implications were the same. Um, and it just kind of, I just didn't think that it was worth the money that we paid. And I don't think the fights necessarily panned out to really make up for for what we missed mm. from from jump if that makes sense. Yeah, I I mean, I think we can all agree that these matchups were if these were the initial card and it wasn't a pay-per-view, it would be a it would have been an amazing fight night to put together. Sure. You know, maybe Holland and Hamzat doesn't make sense with Hamzat being number 3 and Holland still kind of working his way up the ladder at mm-hmm. welterweight. But, you know, Diaz and Ferguson and, and when we get into it, it's just a better matchup card or a better matched up fight. Uh, Leach and Rodriguez, that's unfortunate as far as for both of them because that's neither one of their divisions, I believe. I think, is Rodriguez a 170 or 185? Yeah, he's 170. Okay, they're both 170, but obviously the Leach was looking to get a legend on his resume. Right. And Tony, um, but that didn't go through. So, you know, I mean, do you think it's a better pay-per-view if Dustin Poirier is fighting Nate Diaz in the main event? Do you feel better about that? Not really, man. I I see why they want Nate as the pay-per-view, but to me... Like, it, it just, no none of those fights made, honestly, I think 
Poirier had it right. Like, I don't know if you saw his tweet. Like, it was the bum, or I think he said the bum Olympics. Like, mm-hmm. like that fight, man, that's kind of how I, it looked to me. Like, just two guys who were older, out of their prime, and doing well better than Nick Diaz, I'll say that. Yeah. But still, you know, it's just like, I, I would have rather had a better fight at top, and then you make Nate a co-main with somebody else. Like, whether that is a Ferguson or whoever. Mm-hmm. But I don't. Yeah, I, that's. I guess that's what's part of the, what really frustrated me was I don't as big of a star as Nate is. Um, that was not pay per view worthy for him to be at the top, in my opinion. Well, and then we get into like the you know there's some conspiracy going around with this, right? Like, did the UFC put this together um, behind the scenes? I mean, obviously it's it's crazy to think that a you know a super huge corporation would do something like that, and I don't think that that's what they did. But the way things lined up, like. When have you ever seen a, a main event get canceled due to a weight miss and they reshuffle that guy down under, you bring somebody else up? Like, that just does not happen. No. Um, and, I mean, and, and maybe good for the fighters that they stop the weight cut, but when's the last time we've had doctors really stopping that? Fighters usually just push through it, mm-hmm. do their best, and whatever happens, happens. Well, that's when I can remember is Max when he was trying to make it for Habib, mm-hmm. which was 2016, 2017. Right. That was a long time ago. Well, and that wasn't even a situation where it's like, all right, well, then, Max, you go to the co-main. And, you know, it's just such a such a crazy thing to think about how all this turned out with mm-hmm. um, within just a couple of days. Um, and I don't know. It's it's silly because, you know, you do have the some of the craziest personalities in the UFC, right? You have Nate Diaz, Hamzat Chemaev, Tony Ferguson, you know. Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland. Gosh, man, it's like this is probably the worst four people you could have put backstage <laughs> and hope that things didn't go wrong, you know? With, yeah, with low amount of security. Yeah, if you if you inserted, like, Connor into that, maybe you get more volatile and, like, maybe, like, somebody weird like Marvin Vittori or Colby, who's a little mm-hmm. bit more, you know, out there. Mm-hmm. But it, it's just super interesting. Um, you know, this isn't WWE, but what's crazy about this is this all has big implications. Wins and losses change a lot of things in anybody's career. But as we've seen, you know, a loss can put you back. A win can put you in a position. Maybe you didn't even think you would get, Mm -hmm. especially with, you know, not as much with like a Diaz or a Ferguson, but for Hamza, which we'll talk about in a minute, or even like Lee, who was looking to get a big win in the welterweight division over a name. um, It just kind of put guys in a situation where there's not like a huge winner um, out of any of this. Um, you know, do we need to worry about guys now potentially missing weight and just kind of giving up and saying, oh, well, they'll find somebody for me because they don't want to ruin the event? I don't think we have to worry about it until we have to start worrying about it. So I guess what I mean by that is if this starts to become a pattern, yeah, we need to make a big change. But, Mm -hmm. you know, if this happens once a year, let's say, you know, I I don't think that's a... Well, because you had like the the Paulo Costa and Marvin Vittori where Costa kind of just gave up mm-hmm. on the weight cut and was like, oh, it doesn't matter. He'll fight me at 205, which Marvin Vittori ended up doing. But, you know, it seemed like a lot of people thought Hamzat just picked on Kevin Lee or Kevin Holland because they knew, oh, this guy's going to be fighting at 180. That's going to be close to me. Well, then they'll just make it work. Either Nate will step up and fight me or I'll just fight this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you said, I mean, if guys start doing that, then this does start looking very WWE and, and set up, and that's just the last thing we need because it's already it's already hard with some of these situations where it's like people don't know, you know, how guys get to a certain point or why certain things happen. So it feels like a favoritism or, you know, them just pushing certain people and not pushing other people. So I think it's a very dangerous game. Um, and I, hopefully the UFC really tightens down because we don't need another card like this for yeah. paying $75. Yeah, no, not another card like this. On top of the additional ESPN plus 
fees as right, well. Right. Um, so let's talk about the biggest winners and losers from all this. Um, you know, you know, Nate gets a lot of power out of once this stuff shifts. Like once Hamzat misses weight, Nate becomes gets all the leverage. I mean, he's the main event. If he decides, you know, what, I'm not fighting anybody, you know, the whole card is is messed up. Um, you know, he gets a situation that works out better for him as the results will show when we yeah. talk about him. Mm-hmm. But even, you know, he that's the most Nate Diaz way to go out once we talk about it. It's like he, he got everything out of it. And, you know, once we start talking about his post-fight and what could be moving on next for him, I mean, he might have came out super, super big, mm-hmm. you know, with – um, what he could possibly be getting on the back end from this. And then obviously with a, when we talk about the biggest loser, you know, it has to be Hamzat. In a lot of ways. I think you can make a case for Lee. Um, but yeah, I think Hamzat in a lot of ways. Yeah, and for Lee, you know, when we, when we talk about his fight, we'll get a little bit more into, you know, he could have been, it's just, it's a weird situation. Um, I, you know, I, I imagine they all got paid pretty well for this shuffle mm-hmm. for taking a new opponent 24 hours, some of them different weight classes. Um, but with Hamza, you know, you win this fight against Nate Diaz, you get a title shot. You're the biggest guy in the division as far as star power. Um, cause you're on this streak. You've looking, you know, you're, you're the wolf, mm-hmm. you're the hitman, you're the boogeyman. Um, and you miss by eight pounds and don't really care about it. Mm-hmm. I think that was the big thing, like the the fact that it seemed like he didn't try, because mm-hmm. um, he got a lot of booze at that, right. from that crowd, a crowd that was pretty quiet. He got a lot of booze. And you know, Nathan is real. He feels really strong about you know they might not let Hamza fight at one seventy anymore, or they might make him do a prove it fight to make prove that he can make weight again. And you know that's a that's kind of hitting a reset a little bit for Hamza. Yeah. But you know, Paula Costa did get. They said that he'll never fight at eighty five again. And Dana said that himself. And then he ended up still getting to fight at eighty five. Um, and Hamza is such a big name. And, you know, they they they're lenient for people. I mean, my thing is at the same time he missed weight here. Yeah, but he was also the guy. Let's not forget who made weight a week after a fight and fought twice within what was it was it a week yeah something I mean, like that so i mean i guess on some level i feel like that cancels each other out right um but he definitely lost some fans here <laughs> yeah you know and you know tony i think he comes out a little bit of a winner just because he gets a like a a legacy fight it wasn't against um and once we talk about once again once we talk about the full-on results you know i feel like a lot of people the two guys in the main event ended up kind of saving their situation mm-hmm. based on how their their opponents ended up performing um you know, I don't think D-Rod really wins or loses. You know, he got – he still gets to fight a good guy, and he got paid more. Um, but it's not like a big needle-moving situation. Mm-hmm. Kevin Holland, on the other hand, was – you know, had two in a row at welterweight. Now, you know, losing this fight wasn't at welterweight, though, so you don't really hold that against him when it comes to the rankings because mm-hmm. it was a catchweight fight. No, but the way the – the way the fight went down. Right. <laughs> Get into that. But also, you know, you did it 24 hours notice. Um, you know, there's something, you know, the UFC, a lot of times will give guys the, you know, a little bit of extra love for saving. Once again, he saved the co-main event. Mm-hmm. If he doesn't, if he isn't willing to take this fight against Hamzat, I mean, maybe the leech would again, probably not. Cause he knows how that went. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe D rod says he'll step up. That could have been interesting, but, um, yeah, I mean, all these guys really did a lot for this card. Um, and when we talk about losers, Hamzat, when we talk about what he got into as well, I think he kind of changed his situation at the end. But I think 
the UFC just takes a huge fat L. Yeah. Like, they're probably the biggest losers. Yeah, that's too. a different way to put it, too. The UFC is an organization that definitely took an L on right, this one. Right. You know, we talked about the main event missing weight and changing things, but there was like six, seven fights that had weight missing. Mm -hmm. Chris Barnett, the heavyweight, missed weight. Uh, Hakeem Duwadu, he missed weight. Um, the Jelton Alton fight was at 220, a catch weight. Macy Chesson and um, um, Aldina, that was a catch weight. Like this whole card was just plagued with people missing weight or, you know, things switching up. Mm -hmm. um, so the UFC really needs to just clean this up, get a hold of these fighters and get them, um, you know, being consistent and, and being professional. Right. Um, so. From there, well, let's move into the card and talk about it. First thing we're going to talk about, and I'm just going to give him some love real quick. Nate Diaz ending out his UFC contract with an amazing um, Nate Diaz-esque ending, uh, finishing Tony Ferguson in the fourth round via guillotine. With um, the flex. With the flex. With the and, flex. and this is the biggest thing. He did it at, they stopped it at 209. Yes. 209. I mean, <laughs> If we want to talk about conspiracies, <laughs> he gets Tony Ferguson instead of Hamza, and he finishes him with a guillotine while flexing at 209. Yeah. I mean, that might be... It was picture perfect. Yeah, put on the aluminum hat for that one. Mm -hmm. So what is what are your thoughts on the fight between him and Tony Ferguson? Um, I mean, it wasn't the worst fight I've ever seen. I'm just going to be honest about this, man. I mean, they were just two older guys, 37, 38, respectively. Mm -hmm. um, did what they, what they are well known for. I mean, both went in there and stood in front of each other and traded leather. Um, it was fun to watch for the most part. Um, it seemed like Diaz, I couldn't tell if it was some of his shenanigans or if he genuinely was getting tired. He was like doing mm -hmm. some weird kind of running away, leaning on the cage stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, and Tony had some good moments. He was eating up that front leg and I thought that was going to be probably the biggest difference maker of the mm -hmm. fight because it really started to wear on Nate. Um, but yeah. Tony made one little mistake and shot in and got caught. Um, I think Nate also had a couple really great one twos that he was, mm -hmm. you know, pretty known for landing um, that really wobbled Tony. Um, and Tony, interestingly, interestingly enough, the one who was cut up, not Nate. That was my prediction. Yeah, you. Um, I mean, every time you talked about Nate Diaz, you said he's going to get cut. Yep. Even in when they announced the rematch, it was oh he's going to get or the yep. additional fight. Yep. He's going to get cut. He's going to get cut. Yep. Five or four rounds, nothing. And I was so wrong. Yeah, so I was wrong. completely wrong. <laughs> Tony Shin, on the other hand, yeah, not so much. No. That that looked like he previously like kicked a porcupine or something. He or like a yeah, cactus. he did something. Um, so it's you know the fight starts a little bit slow. They look a little nostalgic, um, or not nostalgic, lethargic is what yeah. I was looking for. Yeah. Um, but it was nostalgic and just seeing them too. You know, if this was five years ago, this is like a prime time, one of the best fights you could ever see. But you, you just said it though. If yeah. this was five years no, ago, no, no, for sure. <laughs> and and that's why we, you know, we were critical of, you know, how things shook out for this being a pay per view. But you know, Tony starts landing those leg kicks early. Um, Nate tries to kind of hunt him down, lands, try to land some shots. Uh, Tony starts looking for spinning elbows and spinning mm -hmm. back fists. They reset. They go to second round. Tony's starting to land the leg kick a lot more. Still doing spinning stuff every single round. His their coaches are his coaches are literally saying stop spinning, mm -hmm. stop turning your back to him because they're probably afraid he's going to jump on it. Right. Um, which is something that very well could have happened. And I know Nate was very vocal in saying that there was a lot of opportunities for that, but Tony was also super sweaty. Yeah, you could tell Nate tried to get a hold of him a few times, but right. he kind of slipped out. So then, like you said, in like the third round, um, at one point, Diaz like gets up after um, Tony was on the ground and just like turns his back and walks away and is shaking his head and just going, no. Yeah, no. literally just um, no. 
we weren't sure if he was just going to like verbally tap or what even was going on. So then he kind of just like stops by the cage. Tony finally gets up and kind of goes toward him. And he looks like he was trying to like sneak him, like set him up like, Oh, I'm not doing nothing. And then blah, yeah. throw a punch. Um, which none of that worked really for Diaz. Mm -hmm. um, multiple other times, he would literally just walk to the cage and just like lean on it like he was resting and then like look to throw side kicks or something of that matter. But I think some of that too is because his leg was busted up. Yeah, that's a good point. That he, could be. The way, his, the way he fights, he leans so much weight forward to throw those punches and kind of open the stuff so he can lean back and hit people. Um, he wasn't going to be able to hunt Tony down mm -hmm. with that leg. And I think his idea was, oh, well, if I look like a wounded animal he might pounce and then i can hit him with something mm -hmm. um so you get to the you know the fourth round and there's a lot of people who thought tony was up 3-0 um it was a weird fight you know when when diaz was landing his one two it was really nice mm -hmm. he landed some good leg kicks himself um but tony was doing a really good job of mixing up some of the like body shots leg kicks you know trying to use his el short elbows some right. of those were coming up short so then we get to the fourth round, and, you know, Diaz is starting to open up a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, he's starting to pour on. The cardio is still there, even if his leg's not. Right. And lands a couple, like you said, a couple one-twos, really wobbles Tony. Tony's kind of looking like he's on the verge of possibly going out, shoots a takedown. Um, you know, Diaz gets a good grip on his head, pulls him down, and then, you know, pulls him down into the guillotine, and Tony had an arm wrapped around him. He was putting that pressure into it, but as soon as he pulled that head in, Diaz had his whole hand all the way up to his ear. Mm -hmm. All he had to do was make that small adjustment, puts it in, throws up a flex with a one-arm guillotine at 209, like we said, and just caps off, you know, and if this is the last we see of him in the UFC, which we'll talk about here in just a second, you know, what a, what a way to go out. Couldn't have been better, man. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's the most Nate Diaz way of going out. So the fight ends. We get the, to the post fight um, or to the interview at the end. Um, he comes out thanking the UFC, mm -hmm. Hunter Campbell, Dana White, everybody involved, um, which is a little bit of a different tone than we've been hearing all this time leading up. Right. You know, he does say, you know, I want it out. I want it out. I just said, give me whoever. They gave me this guy. They gave me Hamza. I really didn't want him, but it is what it is. And then he had some choice words for Hamza. <laughs> um, obviously. <laughs> call him a rookie. Yeah, call Amongst him a rookie. other things. Um, so then it, he goes, you know, but I want to do some things outside of the UFC. Doesn't shut off not coming back to the UFC either. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, something that I had in the news, but we'll just talk about it now, is there was talk of Diaz wanting to do his own promotion. Mm -hmm. He wanted to do as like real fighters or something like that, but it was going to be MMA, jujitsu, boxing. It was going to be the full gambit, kickboxing. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe that's what he gets into. We don't know. He also said, he said he wants to do boxing, jujitsu. Whoever thinks in another world they can do good, because he said MMA fighters haven't been doing a good job of showing these other sports that they're the kings of all of this. Right. And he specifically, obviously, calls out Conor McGregor. Um. So that's interesting. But what's also interesting, he didn't call out Anderson because he's Anderson and Connor, the only two that, I mean, Tyron Woodley and um, Ben Askren obviously yeah, tried to do the boxing thing. But well, he's obviously got his beef with Connor. Right. They go back. So. I mean, yeah. So what do you think is happening with Nate? What do you think he does? Because, like I said, it doesn't sound like he closed off to coming back. I know they had a, a kind of like a behind the scenes meeting. Um, so. You know what happened? Do you think in that in that conversation with Dana? I don't. In the conversation, 
I, I don't really know. I think I think if I put my clinician hat on real quick, mm-hmm. I think Nate, when he started having that little post-fight speech, he had a little bit more of an emotional response than he expected. Mm-hmm. I think, like, you know, it's really easy to talk the talk about wanting to leave and be done. But, how, you know, he's been in this sport for however many years, you know. It's been, like, he's grown up, essentially, in the UFC. Right. And um, to finally walk away, you know, even with the animosity that's been built in, it it takes a lot out of you to to walk away from something like that. And I think he was kind of feeling that in the moment, mm-hmm. so maybe he realized in the moment, you know, I, I don't, maybe I just not ready to necessarily completely shut the door, but right. um, you know, ready to step away and try something different. So I think in the in the office in that conversation or wherever, mm-hmm. you know, they probably had the talk about you know you get this fight out, out of the way, and then you kind of go do your thing and just see how you feel, because um, we've seen guys retire obviously all the time and then come back so wouldn't surprise me because he he at the end like one of the things he said was you know um the ufc belt's the greatest belt in the world or something like Mm -hmm. that so um i think it's always going to be a little something there yeah and it's interesting he also called out like pfl he said other mma promotions obviously pfl has their million dollar tournament Mm -hmm. um before this he talked about wanting to get on a bellator card because they were going to be in hawaii and he wanted Mm -hmm. to go with one of his teammates um which is interesting about Bellator is obviously they they let fighters go do additional things in terms of um, boxing or wrestling or whatever guys want to do, mm-hmm. um, even like a bare knuckle or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, get, it gets interesting with that. Obviously, uh, Diaz has been tied to potentially boxing the Pauls. He, he's been interested in that. Right. And, you know, which we talked about it last week, and I have just a little bit more info on it because it being officially announced, but... I think Anderson kind of messed up Diaz's plan a little bit in this because if Anderson beats Jake Paul, you could still do that fight, but you don't have that same allure of, oh, Jake Paul keeps on running through guys. Mm -hmm. Now, you do still have Logan Paul who has boxed like Floyd Mayweather, and he's still a big name, Um, but Jake Paul seemed to be the guy who's been kind of pushing it further with Logan Paul doing wrestling now. Right. But if Anderson wins, I think it puts Diaz probably in a weirder spot to where maybe you do see him doing some ADCC or something, just popping in or something, <laughs> yeah. or, or, you know, or whatever. Um, but, I mean, the the mis- the mystique of Nate Diaz doesn't go away now because right. now we got to figure out what he does next and what does this little, you know, opening of the door still mean for him to potentially come back because, you know, I, I wonder what, what numbers maybe they throw at him for like, well, when Connor's ready, maybe you – come back or if Connor gets another win you know because you just came off of a win maybe you come back and get that trilogy in Mm -hmm. for a one fight big money whatever so yeah I mean he can do whatever he wants to do man it'll be interesting to see where his mind kind of goes as he gets that taste of freedom right his contract all right well moving into the co-main event we had Hamzat Chamayev winning first round Dars over Kevin Holland absorbing zero strikes (sighs) once again I mean how good is Gilbert Burns (laughs) <laughs> because we see this guy get in with anybody else. And, but, I mean, granted, there's a, a, a very big difference between Kevin Holland and, you know, Gilbert Burns at this point. Mm-hmm. Like 10 or 12 rankings worth. Right. So there is that to be said to it. But, I mean, Hamza wasted – he didn't even try to throw a punch. Literally went straight for the level change. Yep. Um, got his back. I mean, credit to Kevin Holland. He did do some Grammy rolls to kind of create a scramble. Mm-hmm. Um, got himself in some decent positions, but re- the relentless pace of Hamza, which we were kind of questioning, you know, with some of the submissions he was going for and, and the the pace he was wrestling at. You know, he's not known as a cardio guy. This was a five round fight. Um, you know, hopefully he doesn't, you know, blow his energy out. Mm-hmm. But 
the last Grammy role that Kevin Holland does, we feel like there's a good chance he maybe hurt himself. Yeah, I definitely thought so. Because he lands, well, he does it, Hamzat lands on top of him, and then he just stays on his knees. He doesn't right. keep rolling around. Um, so that makes things interesting. So then Hamzat gets on the original Dars, doesn't work, makes an adjustment, and it ends up just being super, super tight. You mm-hmm. start seeing Holland's hand reach up like he's about to tap, and eventually he does the inevitable yeah. and taps out. So... What are your thoughts on Hamzat's performance? I mean, as far as the performance goes, uh, he looks like Hamzat. He looks like the old Hamzat that we kind of expected from every other fight until he ran into Burns. I mean, he went in and did whatever he wanted to to Kevin Holland mm-hmm. and made it look easy. Right. So I really don't think there's much more to say about it. You know, I am curious to see if 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 Holland did hurt himself off, on that Granby, but regardless, I don't think it would have changed the outcome at all mm-hmm. if he if he hadn't hurt himself. Or uh, yeah, if he hadn't hurt himself. Um, I, you know, the bigger thing here, I think, is the the weight miss for mm-hmm. Hamzat and the heel turn. We've kind of said that a few right. times, right? So he goes post-fight, and he um, Joe Rogan tries to ask him, you know, why did you miss weight? He says, the weight don't matter. Don't worry about it. I kill these guys. They all say they'll kill me. I'll kill all these guys. I'm a gangster, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Joe Rogan, persistent as ever, <laughs> tries to rephrase this question three, four times. Hamzat's just not having it. Yeah. Um, but he did make that heel turn where he, you know, after he missed weight, he was getting booed. Um, you know, and even in the fight, people were kind of rooting for Kevin Holland in this because they just didn't like this guy as a cheater or whatever yeah. you want to say about him. But, you know, leaning into that, we've seen what that's done for Colby Covington. And now when he fights, people want to see him lose mm-hmm. or people really, really love him and they want to keep seeing him win. But right. he's, when you get to that level, I feel of polarizing there's not like a middle ground for the most part, unless you're just an overall MMA fan, like, you know, like how we are, where it's like, I just want to see good fights and he offers a lot of good fights for guys. Right. But with this heel turn, I think he saves some of what he lost with the weight miss and all these other things. Cause now people are like, dude, I don't care. This guy, you know, he just wants to kill everybody. He's definitely going to get to like more people to tune in. Right. Like, yeah. So, um, before I go into what's next for him, I do want to ask, how do you think based off of the performance from Diaz and Hamzat, how do you think that fight would have went had it been the original opponents? Oh, just as bad, if not worse. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't see <laughs> Nate Diaz doing the Grammy roles to even making it longer. Um, I mean, and, and Kevin Holland is a very good jujitsu uh, player. Yeah. Black belt. We've seen him do a lot of things off of his back, submissions his, and his even striking. His last win was a submission, I believe, right? right? Um, you know, he's with Travis Luter, so it's not like he's with a, he's a scrub camp or anything mm-hmm. like that. So it's hard to see where, you know, what Diaz – because, like, you see Diaz pull off this win, but this is Tony Ferguson. This isn't Hamzat. Right. And when Hamzat takes people down, it's usually just – you're just counting off the seconds for it to be over. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't think it would make a big difference either. I just wanted to see what you thought as far <laughs> as, you know, what I, – because I, I don't think Hamzat would do anything different. I think he still goes – maybe he does try to stand up with him a little bit to do the whole gangster versus gangster yeah. thing, but – when he fights people like that, if you can't stop that, I mean, that's it. Yeah, it's hard to deal with unless you're just a crazy good jujitsu guy. Right. And you can start doing some funky stuff. Well, that or you have to find a way to keep him away from wanting to shoot with your strikes, like a knee, like a like mm-hmm. a um, Jorge Masvidal, or even like front out kicks and or jabs, like something that could keep him away from getting to your legs. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I think that's the only way you deal with somebody like that. Yeah, unless you're a better wrestler, which. So when you talk about see. what's next for him. 
you know, you'd have. I would say it, he could go up to 185. Obviously, he's a bigger guy, but if you're staying at 170, you do have options out there. Last night, I, I floated this out there: is you do have Colby Covington out here. I like that. I thought that was a good idea. Number one contender. You know, he's he's not going to probably he's not looking to lose to anybody else in the division except for the champ or well, the. Usman, who knows what happens with Edwards? So obviously they're doing the rematch for that. But now you have Colby out here in kind of no man's land. Um, obviously, you, there's the potential of the Masvidal fight from their beef, or not, not, not Masvidal. Um, there's some people up there who could be interesting. You know, we haven't seen him fight like a Burns. Colby. Right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We haven't seen him fight a lot of the guys in the top 10. Mm-hmm. Just because the way that he navigated to the title shots and then getting an additional title shot, it put him in a better position. So maybe you do do Hamzat and Colby. And if Hamzat's able to make weight and beat Colby, I mean, there's no stopping him from a title. Yeah, because I, I think you're old, you we're definitely have to run back the Leon Usman fight. Right. So I think that makes a ton of sense to do Hamzat Colby. But if you want to push him up to 85, I thought Nate had a great idea last night too when he was like, give me. Hamza, Robert Whitaker. Right, and, and Robert Whitaker's in the same spot as Colby. Number mm-hmm. one contender probably isn't losing to anybody else, but he's lost to the champion or lost two title fights recently. Right. I was thinking today there's one other option if you don't want to go to the top, and not that you need to push Hamza down because he didn't make weight, but just because this is the one fight I want to see at 170 more than anything, and that is Hamza Chamaya versus Shavkat Rachmanov. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to fight Shafkot right now. He's been calling for um, Wonder Boy. He's called Jeff Neal. He's called out anybody with a number, and nobody wants a part of him. Yeah, I mean, that. that if you're gonna, a, I feel like as a peers, that, that is a fantastic fight. It's just hard for me to see a world where the UFC would book it. No, I, and I agree, but I'm saying if you want to punish him, I mean, obviously Colby is a really, really tough fight, but Shavkat is a monster as well. Mm-hmm. He's not going to miss weight, and he's not going to play any games, and he's a high-level grappler. Maybe you can do Shavkat Burns. I mean, that's up there too. If Burns will take it, but nobody's – he's literally calling out everybody, and nobody wants a mm-hmm. piece, but – you know, Hamzat's Mr. I'll kill everybody. Yeah. You know, and if if he can't get somebody like a Colby Covington, I think, you know, somebody like Shavkat could be very interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah. So moving on from that one, we have the other rearranged fight, which ended up being Daniel Rodriguez and the Leech Lee Jilang, something like that. <laughs> call him Jingling. Jingling. Also, Nate Diaz messes that up too, so I'm kind of up there with a, a legendary fighter and those type of mistakes. <laughs> But, um, you know, it ends up being a split decision for Daniel Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know we all three kind of felt like it went more toward Leach. I did, for sure. He looked really, really sharp, man. Um, just had a different energy about him. And, and some of that kind of maybe didn't play to his advantage, kind of being a little bit more showboaty. But, you know, I think he sees from some of these guys as you kind of have to be exciting to move the needle if you're not going to have, like, the microphone work. Yeah. I would agree with that. Um, and, and not to say that Daniel Rodriguez looked bad. He had a, His jab was working really well. Um, he stayed in there. He ate some big shots. He gave some big shots. Um, I just felt like the leech looked sharper. I felt like he was being aggressive, um, landed some really big shots himself, and was very, very close on a couple, um, you know, because he was fighting a guy heavier than him and, and longer, I felt like. Um, I thought I just thought Lee landed the bigger the bigger punches when mm-hmm. he, when Lee landed, you saw D Rod um, kind of bounce back a little bit. Um, right. I thought he was the more dynamic striker. He landed a lot of really good kicks to the body. Um, D Rod, like he landed a few good jabs, um, but outside of that, man, I just didn't really feel like he. There was a lot of misses too, and now I, I obviously like 
making somebody miss does not count as offense for you. That's that's mm-hmm. just you having good defense. But I thought that that was a good example of how much D Rod is missing in comparison to Lee's big big shots he was landing. Right. Yeah. Right. Lee Lee's head movement was really well, mm-hmm. and and I don't think you know making somebody miss doesn't show up as like a stat for you but it does bring down that person's accuracy yeah and, and i think with boxing that's a big thing is you know accuracy is a big big part because some shots are glancing some shots just don't land at all they might hit a shoulder or they might get blocked fully but accuracy just proves the sharper striker and, and i do feel like lee was that in this fight um unfortunate for him to lose the split decision because if he wins it you know not that that beating daniel rodriguez puts him in this upper echelons but it would have been good on him because you know, he took this fight last minute like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Had a really good, you know, chance against a Tony Ferguson to, like, really submit himself. And, you know, to kind of talk about kind of how with an AD is, like, that Tony Ferguson against this Lee probably is a really yeah. short night for, you know, for Ferguson. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a rough Because fight. Diaz isn't as aggressive or he doesn't have power shots. Lee was throwing stuff to kill. Mm-hmm. You could tell he was in there ready to try to take Tony out and cement his name as somebody like, hey, Watch out. This guy isn't a welterweight, but he's also a really tough guy to put out. You know, he's a legendary type of fighter. Um, and D-Rod's never been finished. He's incredibly tough. 17 to and 2. Yeah. yeah. And, and you know, I don't I'm not, I don't quite 100% remember who his losses are to. But, I mean, for him, I'm pretty sure he was a, a Cerrone guy. I'm not sure. I'm not um, sure on that one. Yeah, but so, you know, for him, this doesn't, this isn't a huge needle mover for him either. But to be 17 and 2 at you know, 170 puts him probably into getting maybe a ranked fighter at this point. Yeah, I mean, because Lee was well, Lee was number 14. Right, and so. I mean, the dude's 4-1, and one, I think, and yeah, 4-1, and one, including wins over Mike Perry and Kevin Lee and now Lee. Um, you know, you can't can't do much better than that in the last, and his last loss was in 2020. To who? Uh, Nicholas Dalby. Oh, interesting. How'd he lose? Um, decision. Hmm. Three-round fight. So, you know, I, I'm definitely excited to see both of those guys in the division getting another fights. Yeah, man, I don't, th- as bad as, as rough as it was to watch Lee lose, I don't feel like he was a big loser here. Does that make sense? Right. Because like, he looked so great, and I think a lot of people felt that that was a controversial mm-hmm. controversial one for for him. Um, so I don't, and again, he was fighting a guy way bigger than him. Because, yeah, right. he was 10 pounds heavier than him on the weigh-in night, but who knows how much heavier right. he was on fight night. Yeah, rehydration. Um, so so I thought it was still a great showing for Lee. Um, sucks to see him have to lose a split decision like that, um, especially when we think he, well, most of us thought he won. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it'll be okay because he's still demonstrating that he's constantly evolving. Like, he looked really good. Yeah. Um, so, I'm, so I'm not too worried about him. I think he'll be okay. Right. Well, and not to backtrack hard on the Tony on the main event, but Tony didn't sound like he was ready to hang it up. Just oh, felt like gosh. he just needs to make a couple adjustments to stay in. Yeah. So with him losing and Lee losing, how do you feel about possibly maybe setting that fight back up? I'm okay with to that. Give, I mean, I don't think it's a good fight for Tony at all, but for Terrible. Lee, maybe that's your way of making it to, making it up. To, to be him. honest, I don't feel like there is a good fight out there for Tony anymore. Um, I I just <laughs> I think yeah. he's just at that time, man. I, I hate to say that because like we're not fighters. I get that right. we're not the ones out there. But when you see a guy go zero and five in his last five and lose the way he's yeah. losing. You know, even like in his good moments, man, he didn't look like the old Tony. Yeah, like just he just didn't quite feel like it was up to that standard. Yeah, he just seemed a little like a little slower. He seemed like he was a little more hesitant when he was getting hit. He turned. It used to be when Tony turned, it's because he was throwing an elbow off of it. But in this mm-hmm. fight, there was a lot of times where he was turning, and he was just turning. He was well, just even turning when he away. threw it. He was a mile off a lot of times. Yeah, and so. 
Um, you could tell he still has the the if he has the skill and the game plan to do what he needs to do against people, but the body is just not there. Yeah, man, the body just gives out. Whether it's speed or strength or just even mental, mm-hmm. like he's, it's just not the same. Yeah. Um. So you know, like I said, I do want to see Lee soon. I, I think he looked really, really sharp. Um. I know he had had to stay out of the country for a while for this fight, so maybe he goes home. You know. Resharpens that back up again, um, but I definitely am ready to see him again. Uh, D Rod the same, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I'd love to see him get in there. Like I said, with maybe getting a number or facing somebody with a number. Yeah. Just at this point, you know, seventeen and two—that's a hell of a record. That is a very good record um, in a tough division, right? So, um, the last two fights on the main card, I do want to bring up because they were both pretty crazy as far as uh, the finish, and the most craziest being Irene Aldana finishing via a liver up kick. Yeah. Over Macy Chesson mm-hmm. in a fight where Chesson was looking really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, tough, she, tough first round. Yeah, she was in deep water in the first round. Um, fought out of some very hard to watch submission attempts yeah. from Aldana. Um, and started pouring it on. Uh, you could tell she was the bigger fighter. This was at a catch weight of, I think, 140. Yeah. Um, she was using her boxing really, really well. Um, just looked really good. And then Aldana just throws this up kick where Hill or her foot digs into the liver. Mm-hmm. We see Macy Chesson just kind of fade to the side and fall over. <laughs> yep. We don't know if like it was a, a knee, a kick, a kick in the knee, or a groin shot, or we d- we didn't have any idea what happened until you hear the ref say it um, on the microphone, and then they show the slow mo. And I mean, that's something we've just never seen. Um, yeah, it was the first up kick body body shot finish, right? Yeah. Fourth fourth up kick KO in UFC history, and then the first one to the body. Yeah, right. and I mean, who even thinks to do that? Uh, and I don't. Who knows if she meant? to I was gonna do say, that. do you think she meant to? I don't think she. I did. mean, it's hard to be that precise too, though, because you have to play angles right to get your feet to land, and maybe you're trying to hit the thigh or the hip or something to get space for you to yeah. pop up. But, geez, man, uh, I couldn't imagine how much that would hurt. Yeah, I know that, especially the way she fell over. You right, know she was in an immense amount of pain. And for Aldana, you know, that's that's a a good win for her. That puts her at uh, two in a row now after her loss to Holly Holm in 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, she has a win over, like, Caitlin Vieira and some other really good fighters. So mm-hmm. um, hopefully this pushes her up. Um, and for Macy Chasson, she looked really well, 9-3, and three, so it's not a bad record. So she has a chance to come back and kind of um, use some of that good work. Right. Um, last fight on the main card, we have Johnny Walker and Ian Kuntalaba. Kuntalabe. Yeah, Ian Kuntalabe. And we have Johnny Walker finishing first round rear naked choke. Who would have guessed? Yeah, that wasn't on my <laughs> bingo card. Um, he had three submission attempts. Striking was pretty much dead even. Um, control was dead even. Takedowns was dead even. Yeah. Uh, I think it was just a matter of because uh, when Ian Kuntalabe got on top of Johnny Walker, it seemed like he was drowning a little bit. He was yeah. struggling to get space and get up. Once he got up and got on top of Kuntalaba, though, it was, uh, it was all over. He yeah. had a great takedown from there. Right. And then he got back control and never let it go. No, had a couple like more cranky, not quite under the neck, and then eventually worked his way under. Yeah. Uh leaded to him getting actually kicked out of the venue. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. I saw he was kicked out. Why? Do we figure out why? It was like a miscommunication with security. I don't know how you see a guy in fight shorts and don't think, oh, this guy needs to get back in here and get his stuff, or this guy's a fighter. Yeah, that's strange. Um, but I'd, I'd be interested to see how that turns out. But I mean, big win for Johnny Walker. Um, you know, that's after the Jamal Hill fight. You know, he's kind of had this thing of looking good, then looking bad a time or two, and then mm-hmm. looking good. And this goes along with that. Loses to Tiago Santos, gets knocked out by Jamal Hill, and then wins this fight against Ian. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
I'd love to see him get it together because he's exciting. Yeah. You know, he's really good for the division in we were, terms of... We used to talk about him versus Sean Jones, right? I did see a tweet um, on... Um, it was a couple of days ago where Johnny Walker says that Dana White told him if he would have beat Corey Anderson, he would have got a title shot against John Jones. If Walker would have beat Corey Anderson? Yeah, when wow. they fought. Um, and obviously Corey Anderson beats him, ends up leaving. Now he's about to fight for the Bell- Bellator, mm-hmm. but that's how close Johnny Walker was to uh, getting a title shot. Yeah. Um, on the undercard, you know, some really good, you know, Jolton Almeida, 17-2 and two now, just keeps on going up between. This was a catchweight at 220, but keeps on going up and down between light heavyweight and heavyweight, but he's just a scary guy, man. Yeah. Really good wrestler, really good grappler, ends up uh, winning by a rear naked choke. Um, Chris Barnett, the heavyweight. I don't. If you go, if you don't go back to watch anything, watch that fight because Chris Barnett was out of there. I don't know how he survived from Jake Collier. Jake Collier hits him with some big shots. Is going to finish him somehow. Chris Barnett gets up and just throws a hundred punches to get him to back out. <laughs> uh, Collier ends up getting a takedown, gets on top of him, um, goes for goes for a choke, doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Chris Barnett gets on top of him. Switches around, gets to his back, starts throwing punches, and ends up finishing him off mm-hmm. um, in the second round. And I, I, you know, I don't know how Chris Barnett pulled this off. He missed weight as well, but eighty. I mean, for a heavyweight, eighty-three strikes in two rounds—not even two rounds, a round and a half. That dude was just throwing whatever he had to try to survive. He pulled it out though. Yeah, and, and Jake Collier was on a good run. Um, was supposed to have fought Justin Toffa. That stuff didn't work, but he had. Um, just lost to Arlovsky, but he was still, you know, that was a split decision fight that some people thought he won. And for Chris Barnett, you know, that's him coming back from losing to um, Budai. So exciting stuff for the heavyweights. Mm-hmm. Um, also on that card, you had uh, Dumont getting a win by decision. Um, yeah, just, I mean, a weird card, like I said, but, you know, people who had, did have good performances. Mm-hmm. Um, we obviously did not with the the fight changes. We did not do picks for that. Right, so no points. So no, no points. Point so changes. the update is you're still winning. Yeah, it's still in second. I'm, I'm still, still, crush, still I'm still crushing losing really bad. Yeah. So uh, this what we're gonna do is we're gonna move on to the preview for next or this Saturday's card. It's going to be uh, headlined by jumping into the preview. Yeah. So headlined by number four Corey Sanhagen and number ten Song Yadong of the bantamweight division. So um, for this one, guys, we got Corey Sanhagen. He's two and two in his last four. He dropped two straight losses. Um, the most recent one to DJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw. TJ Dillashaw. Me. Excuse me. Yeah, TJ Dillashaw, um, who he lost to via split decision, and then he after that he ended up getting a chance to take on Piotr Jan for the belt because of TJ needing surgery, and lost that fight by unanimous decision. Um, Worth noting as well, Sanhagen has not fought since losing the yawn back in October of 2021. Mm. So it's been almost a year since we've seen Sanhagen fight. Um, Song Yudong is 3-1 and one in his last four fights, beating the likes of Julio Ross, Reza, um, Casey Kenny, and Marlon Moraes, who he beat back in March with that awesome knockout he had. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, yeah, so then I just had the note in there about Sanhagen. Um, so yeah, so this is going to have a... Fireworks written all over it. Yeah. Um, two very, very fun strikers fast. in the bantamweight. Two very fast strikers. Um, you know, Song Yudong out of Team Alpha Male. Um, super, super fun, super aggressive. And then um, Corey Sanhagen, just crazy, wild man. Right. Like flying knee that he has on Frankie Edgar. Ooh, yeah. You can forget He's that. He's a highlight reel. Mm-hmm. I mean, with um, Song Yudong, you, you know, he also has a win over Cheeto. Right. Um, you know, and you lose a decision, so that's not you getting dominated. Mm-hmm. Um just been looking super, super sharp, man. Yeah. 
um, looking scary almost. Like when yeah. he when he lets his hands go, it looks like it's on fast forward. Yeah. Um, for Corey Sanhagen, obviously we know he's really tough guy. A lot of people thought he won the fight against TJ. I did. I thought he won. Um, and, and even beyond that, I mean, his only losses being to, you know, the current champ and the two current champ or three current champs. And one of which who, you know, is about to fight for the belt again against the current champ. So, mm-hmm. um, and you know, having a split decision and a unanimous decision loss. And some people thought the Peter Yan fight was pretty close. Yeah. So it's not like he's out here just getting dominated once again. Um, so it, it is interesting with the layoff. Uh, Song Yudong has a lot of momentum right now, man. Um, since I'm uh, I'm in last, I'm going to go ahead and make my pick for this one. Let's hear it. First, I'm going Song Yudong. Okay. Um, I'm going to go... Interesting. I'm going to go second round TKO. I think he really? pours it on. He's just been looking so sharp, man. I think he finishes, Corey? I mean, I, I mean it, yeah. I like Song Yudong, man. I think... Um, I think he's the future of the division, mm-hmm. and I think um, you know he doesn't use wrestling or anything like that as much. But you know, it's probably. I mean, you can't be an alpha male and tell me this guy doesn't have a somewhat of a pedigree. <laughs> so, I, you know, Corey Sanhagen obviously is just a monster. You know, who knows? You know, once guys start losing decisions, maybe they start doubting themselves, mm-hmm. being a little pensive. Um, but I really like Song Dong, man. I think he's the truth. I'm gonna have him second round TKO. Lock it in. Okay. Are you? Um, going, are we picking for Nate? Yeah, we're picking for Nate. What are you thinking? Um, he's ahead of you. So he is ahead I'll, of me. I'll let you do the honors. Um, I will have him take. Um, I'll have him take. Corey Sanhagen fifth round submission. That's not too terribly unrealistic. Sanhagen's got a pretty decent submission game. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to take Corey Sanhagen. I'm going to say unanimous decision. Um, I think he's probably a better striker than Song. He just needs to stay away from that power. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he can probably get it done. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if either one of these guys ends up landing big and finishing the other. But I'm going to. I think the safe bet here is Corey Sanhagen right. unanimous decision for sure. And I, and I mean, um, you know, Marlon Marais and Casey Kenny aren't the same level as you know, former champions and people fighting for a belt. Correct. But I do think there is something to say for, you know, two first and second round knockouts, his last couple. Mm-hmm. So he's been coming out on fire. So I feel like if he does win, it is because he catches something early and gets a finish. I think San Hagen does have a game that can last through the rounds and he mm-hmm. can still use his game to kind of pick them apart. Yeah. Um, those are the, that's the only fight we're actually going to preview on this one because the co-main event was supposed to be Gige Chikatse against Sadiq Youssef. Gige having to drop out for, I'm guessing, an injury. Mm-hmm. Um, the UFC have not announced a replacement fighter. It's still on the card as to be announced, but um, they haven't done that yet. Also on this card, we have Chitty Chitty Bang Bang Niachawani fighting Gregory Rodriguez. Robocop. Yeah, that's going to be a bang session, man. Um, Rodriguez's only loss was um, to that Andre Petrosian mm-hmm. or Armin, Armin Petrosian, mm-hmm. um, but he had three fights. When before that, he just beat Julian Marquez. Obviously, you know, me and Nathan are really big on Chitty. Um, the dude's won four in a row, all knockouts. Um, I think that's just going to be – if Gregory's going to have to get a hold of him early. Mm-hmm. If he lets Chitty start letting off shots, it could get really bad really quick. Um, also on the card, Andre Philly, uh, Tanner Bozer, our boy Fluffy Hernandez is on the prelims. Nice. Um, but also, uh, Aspen Ladd and Sarah McMahon are on there. But – Big friend of the show, mm-hmm. uh, local fighter, 
Cam Van Camp is going to be the very first fight at lightweight, uh, moving back down to more of his natural weight class that he likes to fight. And not so, wasn't his last one short notice too? Yeah. Okay. He's fighting um, Mota, uh, what's his first name? Nicholas Mota, who just lost to Jim Miller by KO, but he had won three in a row before that. So Mm -hmm. this is a really good fight for Van Camp to get back into it. Yeah. Um, We're definitely going to be watching and paying a lot of attention. so yeah, that's that's UFC Fight Night San Hagen and Song Yudong. It's gonna be this Saturday at seven. It's gonna be in the Apex. So watch up early, watch our boy Van Camp and and don't blink in the main event because yeah. those guys are <laughs> are absolute monsters. Um so yeah, from that we're gonna go into the news. The news. Going on the news. Uh-uh. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. All right. So we have some pretty heavy hitting stuff to try to run through real quick. Um, actually, what I'm gonna have, what we're gonna start off with is ADCC coming up this Saturday. Yeah, so I, this weekend, guys, we get ADCC. Um, we got the super fight between Andre Galvao and Gordon Ryan, who is also competing in his weight division for ADCC as well. I think that's the first time that's ever been done. Yeah. So that's that's you can pretty. See a, you could see a, a double. Yeah, that's that's Oof. pretty historic. That's mm-hmm. a pretty big deal. Um, but also, man, all the weight classes throughout that tournament are pretty stacked. Um, and obviously, we're going to be rooting for our guy, Hassam Rita. He's going to be mm-hmm. making some waves out there. Um, in, in a crazy division. Yeah, he's in the division, pretty much. That's Gordon's division. Um, it's just full of killers. But like I said, every division is pretty stacked this right. year. Um, it's two days, so you can catch it on Saturday and Sunday. Um, from what I understand, it's pretty much going to be rolling from 10 to 4 both days. Mm. Um I think it's typically about two matches each day for the people who end up winning. Um, nice. you guys, um So you'll you could see each guy compete a couple times each day if they continue to win. So right, you got big names. Obviously, you have like the Gary Tonins. You have Gordon Ryan, Andre mm-hmm. Galvao. You have the Mika Galvao. Mm-hmm. He's crazy. Um, Tolo brothers, Tolo brothers, Dante Leon, Craig, you have, Craig Jones, yeah, you got Craig old Jones, team, Nikki Rod. Yeah, it's right. It's a it's a fun fun. Anybody division. who's everybody is in this. So, yeah. So, it's going to be a good one to watch. Right. So, um, just moving through the last little bit we got of the news. Um, Surreal gone is an injury. He's going to be out for five months, fracturing his hand. Okay. Um, we have Darren Till fighting Drikus Duplices. That's going to be a big one for Darren Till to get back into it. Maybe. Uh, Dustin Poirier and Michael Chandler. November 12th. MGM or MSG at 280, 281, 280. That's a big one. Um, We also have Tiago Santos moving to the PFL. Good for him. Um, Nate Diaz. We already talked about that. And then Anderson Silva and Jake Paul, now official for Showtime. It's going to be happening in October in Phoenix. They're going to be going on a media tour. Nice. That's going to be an interesting tour. Pretty interesting. (laughs) Um Going on to Song of the Week, what do you got? Song of the Week, it's me. I was not ready for that, thinking on my feet here. Um, okay, what's the last good song I've heard recently? Um, man, this is tough. You want to go Living on a Prayer? I feel like we've done that. Maybe. Have we done that song before? I don't know. Mm, give me a second. Okay. While you're thinking of that, my one for the people is going to be... Um, Support your local union, man. Going on strike yeah. is is it's a high stress situation. Um, obviously, I don't make as much money. My insurance could run out after a certain point. So, definitely show love to that. If you're in the in Kokomo area and you drive by, give us some honks, give us some love and appreciation. Um, okay, 
I got it. Hang on, I got to find the title. I've got the artist here. Give me one second. But yeah, um, Nathan, Nathan should be back next week, so you guys can if you get back to that, and he'll probably give us a hard time, but that's okay. Yeah, so um, my one for the people is check out ADCC, man. That's going to be um, a massive tournament. They only do it every two years, and it's been kind of wonky lately because of COVID, so it's mm-hmm. been a while since we've gotten to see a, a full ADCC. Um, and, man, it's just the best of the best and one of the most fun formats to watch. Right. So um, I just encourage everybody to give it a chance and go on Flow Grappling and watch if, um, if you have those capabilities. Hi, Sam yeah. Rita. It is going to be a, a fun one. And, again, historic with Gordon doing what he's doing. Um, and you know, cause like I said, typically they don't, they don't let guys compete in both the mm-hmm. super fight and, um, their bracket. Um, so it's going to be cool to see him do that. Song of the week is do or die by flux pavilion featuring childish Gambino. Nice. Yeah. Can't be mad about that, man. We hope you guys enjoyed the episode. We had a lot to talk about, try to squeeze as much as we could in, um, be, be ready for next week when we talk about the fights that are on the way. We're going to be talking about ADCC, hopefully announcing our boy Hassan is the winner. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Killing it. Peace out. We love y'all. Peace. Enjoy, boy.